there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Support for Armchair and the Saints Happy Hour podcast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you using on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code armchair. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast Friday edition. If it's Friday, it means it's game preview time. Andrew, this San Francisco matchup, I look at it and it... It confounds me because the things that San Francisco does well, the Saints defense is really good at stopping. Uh, So I'm not really worried. I think the Saints defense is going to be okay. The thing that worries me is I have no idea how healthy and how good the Saints offensive line is going to be. I know they've had extra days of rest, so that is good. What's your biggest concern going into Sunday? Um, well, I guess, I guess I'd, I would just first of all say the 49ers are a really, really good football team uh, across the board, offensively, defensively, special teams. They're, they're a complete team. Um, and and I, I guess the scariest thing, just from a statistical standpoint, is that they're number two in the league in scoring. Um, they average like uh, I looked at this. I don't have the exact number, but it was close to 30 points a game. Um, and they're second in defending points. So they they give up about 15 points a game. They score almost 30. So on average, they're doubling up opponents every time they play. Now, granted, schedule-wise, it's about to get a lot harder for them. And I, I don't think they're going to be able to – they just lost. I don't think they're going to be able to duplicate this each week and and – Towards the end here, it's going to get harder for them based on the schedule. But they have – I mean, you don't – it's not an accident when you're number two in scoring defense and number two in scoring offense. They're a really balanced football team. And so I, I personally think it's a big mistake to think, oh, well, if you stop the run, you beat the 49ers. It's, it's really not that simple. They're, they're still pretty good throwing the football. I mean, I would say that's the weakness in their offense because they're so good running – but they have elements to their passing game. And, you know, when Kittle's been out, 
that, that certainly is a factor. Uh, but he's back, and he's as good of a tight end as there is in the league. That's going to be a massive problem for the Saints to stop. And, you know, they traded for Emmanuel Sanders, so they've, they've got a little more explosiveness on offense. Um, defensively, you know, I, I guess just the, the, the scariest thing is that this is a, the most balanced team uh, with not a ton of weaknesses. And when we talk about Garoppolo not being that good of a quarterback and the 49ers not being that great passing the ball, like it's still pretty good. Like we're, we're, they, compared to everything else that team does, it's probably the biggest weakness. But they are very, very strong and sound everywhere. Well, I think the thing is that Saints fans is you know you, you don't necessarily watch San Francisco, and the one time you watch them, you watch them against Seattle, and they were at home, and Seattle stuffed their run, and Garoppolo was kind of terrible that game. He threw two interceptions. He could have had about six. So Saints fans are like, he looked terrible and you stopped the run and you just shot him down. But I think your point is accurate. They're six and throwing the ball 378. With Garoppolo, is they're so good, it's sort of like Bridgewater with the Saints. Like, they're so good everywhere. Like, it's not on him. Like, you know, it isn't yeah. It isn't the 2008 Saints where it's like, hey, Drew, go be fantastic, and if you're not, we're fucked. It's like, Jimmy, be pretty good. Don't fuck shit up. We're going to run the ball great, so you're going to have a lot of play action. You're going to have a lot of easy throws that I'm going to scheme you because I'm Kyle Shannon, and I'm, I'm, I'm really good at designing offense. See... Falcons when he was there and Garoppolo they put him in play in in a way that he he could succeed you know and he's a he's a good he's a decent quarterback put it put it this way I'm not sure that I'd want to be paying him what San Francisco is paying him but they feel pretty good I mean I feel like quarterback with them is not an issue where they they feel like they can win a Super Bowl with him and I think they're they're right um I was, you know, the thing that's interesting about him, Andrew, is Bill Belichick really did him a solid. Like, they only got a second-round pick for him, and the the Patriots sort of traded him to a place in the NFC where he could succeed. You know, they didn't take the highest offer for him and didn't stick him somewhere where he'd be a failure. So that's really interesting with San Francisco. And also, too, like, they were a fucking disaster in the preseason, Andrew. Like, they looked Awful, and now they're ten and two, and, and atop the NFC, depending on the outcome of the Saints. So I, I have to say, I'm really surprised that the San Francisco game is as big as it is. Yeah, um, I agree, and you know, so I guess kind of piggybacking off what you just said, I think if you took Breeze off the Saints and you replaced him with about 15 starting quarterbacks in the league, 15 or 20 quarterbacks in the league. They're still competitive, and I feel the same way about the 49ers. You take Garoppolo off that team, you put about 15 to 20 starting quarterbacks in the league, and they're competitive. Whereas, like, you take Russell Wilson off the Seahawks, they're they're awful. They are awful. And you take Mahomes off the Chiefs, not the same team, not even close. So I, I just think, you know— and that, that's not the slight breeze when I say that, but I just think as constructed, top to bottom, total roster, this is a team that's maybe most similar to the Saints and just being really stout, really strong. I think it's one of the best rosters in the league, along maybe with the Ravens. You know, I would say those three, those three rosters are probably the best in the league. 
Um, you know, the injured linebackers is a concern. No Kiko Alonso, no AJ Klein. I mean, we'll see later in the week uh, what their injury designation will be. Uh, but at least so far, it looks like they're not practicing, and the signing of Manti Teo suggests that yeah. we're going to see a lot more. We're going to see a lot more Craig Robertson in this game. And uh, you know, Craig Roberts. I know a lot of Saints fans hate him, and uh, there's at least there's some Saints Twitter that seems to think that Craig Robertson is the worst linebacker to have ever inhabited the planet, uh, and that you could put a wet, wet paper bag at middle linebacker and it would fare better than Craig Robertson. I personally. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Don't subscribe to that. Uh, I like Craig Robertson. I think he gambles a little bit and he doesn't have great speed, but he is a playmaker. Uh, He does have great instincts, and when he guesses right, um, a lot of times he can make big plays, and he, he's also a great blitzer. So there, there are assets to his game. He always brings great energy, um, but you just have to hope that he can stay gap-disciplined, and you just have to hope well, that he's not exposed in space with George Kittle in coverage. Well, the thing with, with Craig Robertson is he's not quite on the level of the disconnect between the fan base and Josh Hill on offense, where the Saints fucking love Josh Hill and... He's super important to, and when he got injured the other day, Sean Payton was like, you know, it messed up. We had to take out 30, 40% of our plays because Josh Hill's in so many formations. And Saints fans only look at him as like, he's the dude that catches two screen passes a game, and he has a drop every now and then, and he's terrible. Why are the Saints playing him? Robertson isn't that big of a disconnect because Saints fans are starting to figure out that Josh Hill's really important with the blocking. But the Saints love Craig Robertson. Like, they love his leadership on special teams. And they don't want him to play. They don't want him to start at linebacker. They try to push him mostly to special teams. But I don't think they view him playing linebacker for a week as much of a panic as Saints Twitter does. Um, and I just – he's one of my favorites, Andrew, because I, I sort of gravitate towards guys that have to fight for their NFL life and fight on the roster and, and do – have like a ledger where they're some, some of it's good and some of it's bad. And, and I just love that he – if he plays and he starts, he's going to be bouncing off the wall and he has an energy. He's going to play ridiculously hard. And that dude, like, 
good plays and bad plays, just find him. So he's as likely to get burned by Kittle in coverage as he is to be like, oh, they're running this route. I'm reading Garoppolo's eyes. It's a pick six. And it's Robert's like, yeah. he's he's Robertson that kind of player. That, and it's I mean, just different player, different skill set, but career arc, not that different from Scott Shanley. Now, Scott Shanley was a perennial starter. And Robertson has kind of been off on off again, off on again starter with more of special teams prowess. But in terms of just, you know, what you just described, the guy that just keeps making the team, keeps having to fight for his NFL career, is loved by coaches, well liked in the locker room. I did, I see some similarities to Scott Shanley, where Shanley caught a lot of grief from the fans too. Um, you know, the thing about Shanley that I always like to, this is a little different from Robertson, who I think has more of a gambling nature. Shanley, he was either going to make the play or not, but he was always going to be in the right position. You could always trust that he was going to know where he was supposed to be, understand the defense, uh, diagnose the play properly, and you could trust that he was going to carry out his assignment every time. And that's really important to coaches. And that's what I think he made a career out of now you know, his physical limitations, he might, he might be there and not make the play, right? Because he gets run over or the the receiver is just too talented and makes the catch or whatever, but he was always going to be in the right spot with Robertson. I I don't think it's so much that it's that you live with maybe his, his gambles and his mistakes um, because he's kind of a high risk, high reward player. Um, You know, and I, I think, at the time when Robertson was a starter for the Saints, the Saints really couldn't live with that style because there were so many holes and so many issues everywhere, right? And so if the foundation is poor, then things are going to break all around. And it's just almost like you don't know what place to point the finger at first, right? But with Robertson this time, he's coming into a defense that's actually very sound, And I do think he's in a position now where he's coming, where everything is going to support him and be solid around him. And I think it's going to allow him to take a little bit more risk and to be himself and have the support that maybe things around him are solid enough that they can cover up for any misgivings that he has. As far as offense for San Francisco, look, they're going to run the ball. I don't think that San Francisco is going to devise some sort of game plan where they're, I mean, they're going to run their play action, but I don't think they're going to, you're going to come into this game and be like, ah, San Francisco only ran it 15 times. And wow, Garoppolo was 30 of 36 and he torched the Saints. Like San Francisco is going to do what they do. I I don't think they're going to come. I don't think they're going to come up with something. They may have, they're going to have wrinkles, of course, but they're not going to put it on Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulders and abandon the run. They're going to attempt to run the ball. And that's where it begins and ends with the Saints defense. If they stop the run, they'll be in the game and it'll be fine. If they don't, they're going to be fucked. Because San Francisco, yeah. when they get their running game going, they do those boot play actions with Garoppolo and he'll have all day to throw. And and San Francisco's receivers aren't good, but Kittle is phenomenal. And they've got Sanders. So, you know... San Francisco, that's what it it's comes one, into. Well, it's one of those things, Ralph, where if the Saints are down 10 nothing and the 49ers are going to run a lot and they're going to burn six minutes off the clock, it's kind of kind of feel like that first Falcons game where it's like, shit, we're down two scores or we're down a score 
And, man, they're milking the clock, milking this game. They're bleeding it out. And we, we need to get the ball back. And then when you finally get it back, there's, like, this undue pressure that's like, fuck, all this time is gone. Like, we got to make something happen quick here. And there's this additional pressure. So I just think it's so important to be up early, 7 nothing, 10 nothing, whatever it is. Then if they're trying to bleed the clock, you're less worried about it. Cause we have the lead here. So there's, there's not as much pressure. And they're going to have this long methodical drive, but it's still up to them to punch it in. And if they can't do it, eventually they start to feel pressure like, we don't have enough time to play offense this way. We got to start throwing the ball. And so, you know, who scores first in a game like this has a lot of impact on how the game ends up unfolding. Um, and so I think starting early is a big thing. But, you know, another stat that I'll throw out there, Ralph, and, you know, a lot of people point to the penalties and how, how are the Saints even 10 and 2 uh, with, with the discrepancy between how much they're getting flagged versus how much their opponents are getting flagged. And it's the biggest discrepancy in the league. Um, and, you know, one interesting thing is, you know, so the question's been asked, how are the Saints 10-2? and two? And it, really the answer is it's, it's, it's a story as old as time. It's, it's the turnover difference. The Saints are plus 11 in turnover differential this year. And I mean, you go back to the freaking 1910s, or whenever football was first invented. And there, for as long as football has existed, the team that turns the ball over the less statistically always wins the game. It's very, very one, rare that you win the turnover battle and you lose. One turnover more than your opponent in an NFL game, you lose 70% of the time. Yeah, like, just, that's one. just one. Yeah, just, so just the one. Saints are, the Saints are plus 11 through 12 games. So they're averaging getting one takeaway more, more than they give away to their opponent each and every week, basically. And so they're second in the NFL with that differential. And, you know, I'll be honest, Ralph, like I didn't realize they were plus 11. Cause if you had asked me off the bat, like, do the saints even have 10 takeaways this year? Totally. I would have said, no, no. Like I, I feel like they've dropped a ton of interceptions or they've been called back by penalties and, I just I don't recall other than like a handful of Marcus Williams picks and the shy Tuttle play like I, I off the top of my head like I don't remember the Saints having that many takeaways but the one place where it does make sense to me is they don't freaking turn the ball over yeah ever no ever that's like Breeze is not throwing picks Bridgewater barely did uh, they don't you know, fumble Javante they're Harris on the pace like to set the record two, for but... least amount of fumbles in a season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're they they this offense is not turning the football over. And so when we get when we get in our heads about matchups and whether the Saints have the receivers to beat a team, right? Or whether the Saints can stop the run, or whether Drew Brees can throw the ball deep anymore, like whether the Saints can win on the road in cold weather, like throw all of that. All of it. Throw it all out the window. If the Saints get more turnovers than the other team and they never turn the ball over, none of that stuff matters. It doesn't matter. If you get turnovers, you win the turnover battle. It's this, it's, again, it's a story as old as time. You win NFL games. And so I'm not saying the Saints are going to do that again this week. The 49ers, they're very good defensively. They get their own set of turnovers. But 
that when you ask how can the Saints have that big of a discrepancy with their penalties, how can their receivers be so weak and yet they're still ten and two? The answer is look at their turnover differential. Yeah, they, I mean they have ten interceptions, which is okay. But most when when you are are in the range of plus ten or better in in turnover, it usually means. You've created 15, 20, 25, 30 turnovers, right? And and you have 20, you know, you'll, you'll create 26 yeah, and, and you give away 15. The Saints, they just, they're, turn, they're plus because they just don't turn the ball over, which is just, Ever. it's just remarkable. Now, maybe we're saying yeah, this and I mean, that. But that, see, the thing is, Ralph, like, I think that's a stat that we don't give the offense enough credit for. Like, we complain yeah. about the lack of explosive plays. We complain about receivers not named Michael Thomas. We complain about the drops. We complain about the run balance, uh, pass-run pass ratio balance. But the, one thing that is remarkably impressive is not turning the football over. Because, yeah. you know, we talk about the Saints not being disciplined because of these penalties, but the required discipline that it takes to not turn the football over ever is off the charts, man. Yeah, because here's the thing. of Recovering a fumble is just blind-ass luck. I don't care what people say on defense or offense, but creating a fumble or fumbling the ball yourself, that is a skill that you hone. Now, once the ball's on the ground, it could bounce right back up to you. It could bounce 10 yards away. You don't know. But the Saints have been extraordinary at it, and, and like you say, it's one of the things that's kept them Ten made them ten and two. The one thing I want to talk about, Andrew, is the San Francisco defense. They have forty five sacks, and they have. I mean, we, you talk yeah, you about think the Bosa. Saints have a lot of sacks. <laughs> they have a bunch of dudes. I mean, DeForest Buckner six and a half sacks. Arik Armstead ten. Bosa six. And a guy who I really liked, and I, I for the life of me, I don't know what the fuck Kansas City was thinking. They traded D Ford to the 49ers for a second-round pick and then traded their own first-round pick to Seattle for Frank Clark. And D. Ford is doing way better than Frank Clark is. I love D. I, I thought he was one of the, the – even though Kansas City's defense was bad last year, I thought he was one of their really good guys. And he's a – that's four that's four incredible guys that I noticed. And they have other dudes with three sacks and two sacks. I mean, this pass rush is – strong yeah and I always tell you the pass rushers that scare me the most are not the teams that have the one guy whether it's Shaquille Barrett or JJ Watt or Khalil Mack all guys the Saints have faced this year and neutralized those those don't freak me out it's the balanced pass rush it's where you've got to block four or five guys and all four or five of them it's really it's the Saints it's it's what the Saints have it's what makes other teams so terrified to face the Saints it's you don't. You, if if you put all your attention on Cam Jordan, you're allowing Davenport, Onyemata, Rankins, and those other guys to exploit these one-on-one matchups, and a lot of times they do. And and that's that's what the 49ers are. You I mean, can't focus on Bosa. You can't focus on Buckner. You can't focus on Armstead. They, they have too many guys. You know the the crazy thing with San Francisco is they've built this defense. And Solomon Thomas, who I really liked when he was coming out, 
in the draft. They drafted him third. You know, they traded they they traded with Chicago and got a bunch of picks from Chicago because Chicago wanted Mitch Trubisky for whatever reason, right? And then they traded Solomon Thomas. They drafted him. They drafted him top five. He's like an Okafor, which Okafor is great for the Saints. But if the Saints had picked Okafor third, we'd be like, dude. Bust, yeah. Four, you can't you can't be a four-sack guy and a force against the run if we picked you third. Like, you got to be better than that. And Thomas, yeah. he's not. But it doesn't even matter. That's how good their front is, which is just, which is just amazing. Scary. And yeah. their secondary, like, they, they, they signed Richard Sherman. Everybody said, oh, Richard Sherman is washed, and he's – Showing a little bit of age, he got he's get, he's nicked. But their pass defense historically good. I mean, who's a guy that you gonna you look to because now the Saints won't won't have Kirkwood anymore. He's not coming back. Who's a guy Sunday besides Michael Thomas that you think is gonna have to be huge? Well, I just look at when I've I've seen teams that uh, you remember last year a couple times. The Saints would play a team, I think it was the Ravens, that had 10 sacks the week before. And then yeah. later in the season, they played another team that had 10 sacks the week before. And Sean Payton in his press conference in both games afterwards was like, I- I'm-, I'm just not going to allow it to become a game like that. I, I will not allow this game to, to be that. And so I, I just think that's got to be the mindset here. And if it's short passing and running a ton – you just can't allow that San Francisco pass rush to explode. Now, I think Teron Armstead's going to play, which is huge, but he's still going to have a sore ankle, and so you just can't get in this position where they're pass blocking on every play. I mean, if, you, if you're down 17 nothing to this team, it, it's over. Like, if Saints go down multiple scores, there is no coming back from that. So, uh, you know, I, they can't allow it to become that kind of game, and I just think it's going to have to be running – in uh, short passing and, and just kind of even more so the methodical short possession yep. offense that, that doesn't turn the ball over, you know, that that's got to be the key. Um, but I, I don't know that it's one player for the Saints so much as it is Quan Alexander uh, being out. And he's been such a huge part of this 49ers yeah. defense up the middle. And, you know, I think when you're the Saints, you want to explore mismatches. And Quan Alexander is so good in coverage too. And he's, he's a good run stopper. He's a Totally. I mean, he, he's their Demario Davis. I think if you can get with Quan Alexander out, I think you get favorable matchups with Jared Cook and, and um, Alvin Kamara in the passing game. And I think that's got to be the focus is how you get the ball out quickly and find mismatches with Quan Alexander out of the game with those two players. So you know, I think it was when you're throwing the ball, Kamara and Cook have to have huge games. And it was interesting Thursday, Sean Payton and his his pre- his press conference, he mentioned again, hey, you know, we think about everything. We think about the fans. We want them to be loud. We need them to be loud. Uh, and he did that. You know, he doesn't, he, he mentions it every week when they're home, but some weeks he emphasizes it more than others, right? You know, like the NFC Championship game last year, he, he mentioned it and it was just bananas for four, four, four quarters, as Dave told us, you know, super loud. So I wonder if the crowd will take that to heart and they will be super loud and 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 give San Francisco um difficulties and we'll, and we'll see and look this game the Saints 
they're spe- their Saints are one of the only teams in PFF that are t- that are top three in everything: defense, special teams, and offense. So they need they need Devonte Harris. Like he's been cl- he's been sort of percolating Deontay. lately, Andrew. He had a he had a run against a one against Atlanta that got called back, right? And this is the kind of game where that that can swing it. You know, probably not a mm-hmm. kickoff because they won't return any, but a punt. Uh, it can swing it, especially if you can back San Francisco up and you you force them to punt from their end zone where they can't really they have to sort of boom it out of there, right? They don't they don't have a they don't have the option of hey we don't want them to return it so let's angle it and do all that. Uh, so that's a key. But have you sort of changed your mind from your uh, Monday prediction? No, um, I'm kind of at the same place I was with it, and I, I just think. I, I think the Saints will rise to the occasion. You know, I think it's one of those things yeah. where they're going to have to play better than they have been. But I think they'll come in, and then uh, sometimes you, you sink to the level of yeah. your competition. You know. Yeah, I just think division games are weird, and you play in a, you play you play them all the time. They know you sort of. I think the Saints yeah, are going to be. That's a factor. I think the Saints are going to be awesome. But guys, join us for the gambling show tonight. We have LSU in the SEC Championship. We have Saints, and we have other ways for you to make money. So join us on the live stream. Uh, Until then, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday.